0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Housekeepers Podcast, dare I say, the cleanest hour in podcast? And this is going to be a super fun ride, 60 minutes, strap it down, grab yourself a nice cup of coffee or a water or whatever it is you're drinking at four o'clock on a Thursday afternoon, because this is going to be a lot of fun. I've been wanting to talk with Mr. LaPointe, Marcus LaPointe for a while. Marcus, welcome to the Housekeepers Podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm so super excited
1: to meet you. Thank you, uh, thank you. This is awesome, Ralph. I, I love the whole movement, and uh, if I can be a part of it, I want to be a part of it. That's all. It's it's
0: so it's so fun to be in the cleaning industry right now. I know that that might sound a little terrible but forever, nobody's ever cared about contact right. time and chemical use and whether or not I'm using a rag or a sprobe. Like nobody ever yes. gets.
1: <laughs> yes, 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 yes,
0: <laughs> All to that. And now people are like, wait a minute. <laughs> it's not only is it valuable, it's super important in understanding the ins and outs. And not only that, but I think that Aside from the cleaning aspect and the disinfecting aspect, I think a lot of people are paying a lot more attention to just how challenging it is to be a manager in the cleaning industry.
1: Yes, it's like oh guerrilla God.
0: warfare, right?
1: <laughs> yes, if it you is. Weren't ready? You are now. That's uh, you're in it. Yeah. So
0: let's yeah. let's go. I I I think you've been a fan of the show, so you know I like to go way back, all the way start back yeah. in the beginning. So, Marcus, how did you end
1: up? here. Okay, I'll give you the the fast-forward version. Give me the Um, 10-second tour. Yes, absolutely. Um, Born and raised on a farm. From there, went into the military. I'd say that's where my cleaning uh, education began. What branch of the service? uh, Army. Thank you you
0: for your service. That's awesome.
1: You're welcome. No problem. Um, But I will say that's where I learned how to strip and wax and buff a floor and clean toilets, and the, with the toothbrush, all the <laughs> the nasty stuff you ever heard about the military is true. It's true. Um, you know, and then started kind of my career, uh, I went to commercial diving. Uh, commercial also, diving? What is that? Do you mean like scuba diving? Kind of like scuba diving, only on steroids. Oh. Uh, we, uh, we work offshore on the oil, oil rigs. Laying pipelines, welding underwater uh, salvaging boats. Wow. Uh, yes. And, you know, from there, I think I was starting to hone my cleaning uh, and didn't realize I was heading in this direction. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we have to keep our dive gear super clean. So sure. uh, it, that was a challenge. And then from there, got out, became a plumber for the city of, uh, well, state of Illinois uh, again, trying to keep those pipes clean now, right? Uh, I'm starting to let destiny in on my life and sure, try to sure. listen, you know? Okay, what do you want me to do next?
0: Military, diving, plumbing, go on.
1: Yeah, so uh, finally I got into the school industry and, and found that, oh my God, there's so much to do in the school industry. Being a manager is, is unbelievable. The opportunities in the cleaning industry, in the school industry by itself, there's so much to do. Hmm. And we cover such a broad spectrum. Take a high school, for instance. You're going to have the nurses' nurses' office. It has to be cleaned at the medical level, sure. not just at uh, you know my household wipe down the kitchen town ta- you know kitchen table level. It has to be cleaned at a medical grade level. Uh, you know, going to a classroom, it's a different clean going to, uh, auditoriums, different kind of clean. So I found that it was just any type of in- cleaning I wanted to do, I could find it in the school industry. So, uh,
0: here I am. When, when did you start? What, how did you get your first job in housekeeping or cleaning? What, what was that like? What did you answer a blind ad? Like how did that happen?
1: <laughs> no. Uh, so while I was a plumber, uh, of course, 2008 hit. Uh, the economy tanked. I got laid off. Um, the Rockford School District was looking for some in-house plumbers um, at a serious cut in pay. But we all needed work in 2008. Um,
0: a pay I, cut is uh, better than no pay, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah, I'm on uh, the That's Try what my wife said too. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I I work for the Rockford School District. And again, that's where I really started realizing how much the school districts need qualified people Mm -hmm. that understand what's going on in the outside world. And uh, from there, I got a night manager's job at the Elgin School District as a custodial manager and took off from there. Oh my gosh. Uh, Learning how to lead people, learning how to get into the industry. On a much bigger scale, learning the equipment. Uh, oh, my gosh. I, I could go on. Yeah. Budgeting, scheduling. Uh, oh, how, uh, did, were you doing hiring and all
0: that, too? I mean, hiring, how, yes, yes, it was right off.
1: Yes. Uh, we, were, we were pulling interviews in at least one time a week, so I was doing that. Uh, planning for the summer cleaning, which is a challenge for all school districts, not just uh, the one I'm in. I, uh, I got
0: my I got my first like real summer job working at the high school between my eighth and ninth grade doing the summer cleaning. And so oh, I'm a, I'm very well adept to scraping yes. the gum off of all the desks, uh, stripping and waxing all the rooms,
1: yeah, yes, moving all the furniture, moving all the furniture, uh,
0: reassigning
1: rooms, yep, putting yep. it all back so the teachers know exactly where. If you put something out of place, we hear about it.
0: Uh, cleaning all the chalkboards, yes. <laughs> emptying the
1: lockers. Sorry. Oh,
0: I I had no idea. You know, I've always been, and it's this has been my life. I've always <laughs> just been a rule follower. Is like they'll say, you know, take make sure you take all your stuff. I just make sure I take all my stuff. We had to go through and open all the lockers. I uh, couldn't believe textbooks, <laughs> like food, like food. Oh. Uh, um. All everybody. Like, jackets, sweatpants, <laughs> gym bag, shoes. I mean, yes. people, These kids left everything. <laughs>
1: in yes, and and I, I love how people say, "Well, it's only cleaning out lockers." Yeah, but there's three thousand of them. That's like, right. It's not just like one. It's it's three thousand.
0: Right. Yeah, and half yes. of them need to be fumigated.
1: Yes, yes, and clean, <laughs> clean—not just clean out. Yeah, you yeah, gotta clean. wipe them down. Yeah. Oh yes, yes, very much so. So funny, yeah,
0: so funny. And so now, where do you work now? Now, what's this?
1: So I decided to get out of the the public schools and work in the private sector. Um, oddly enough, I'm back at the Rockford School District for in the private sector, running the custodial department. So I don't so know if I'm back home, but. He's still at the schools, so, <laughs> so you're no okay. longer
0: working. So you're no longer working for the schools. Now you're working for maybe a private contractor? Correct. Wow. Right. Yes. Yeah, um, outsourcing is big business, right? Big
1: business. It is. It is big business. And, uh, you know, I wanted to see, you know, I've had so many problems with some outsourced companies. I wanted to see if I could do it better. And, you know, I... I Chose GSF because of their culture and because they had a, a, a really strong ethic of no, this is what you signed us on for, this is what we're going to do. I wanted to see if all these fallacies of like, oh my God, you can never get people, we can't get equipment, uh, we ordered it, but we don't know where it went. All these pro- I wanted to see if that's true. And uh, it's not, <laughs> like, you can do it. <laughs> it's not oh my gosh uh, <laughs> that's you know, good news I, it, well yes it is right I, i'll call my boss and say hey we're, we need a scrubber and he's like "Well, buy it i'm like like just that easy he's like buy it i'm like all right and it's you know
0: i, I worked for an outsource company for a long time too and there were there was only one time when we could just buy whatever we wanted and that was when we started the account you kind of had like that account set up money which is i mean just like christmas shopping i mean right. we'd buy stuff for other buildings you know
1: what I mean? <laughs> like, we were, right? <laughs> yeah right right
0: well, no budget right but if i i remember i was working in one nursing home and it had 5 floors but only four four nursing units so there's four housekeepers and the carts were these metal, blue, rusting out metal things. And so I remember saying to my my boss, I said, you know, we've got to get new housekeeping carts. And he goes, absolutely. Find out how much they are. I'm like, okay. So I researched like 250 bucks for a setup. This was years ago. So I'm, I know they're a little more expensive now. Yeah, exactly. for a full setup, lockbox, you know, the whole nine yards with with uh with you know i wanted the new buckets new mop buckets new ringers the whole nine yards yeah they're like 250 bucks he goes i tell will tell you what buy one a month and in four months you'll have four brand new ones and i was like it totally makes sense you know when it comes to budgeting it totally makes sense and i have taken that mentality with me <laughs> I, it just makes sense for me you know the whole because there is there there you got to be a, you got to be a caution. We don't, there's not a large margin in housekeeping no. and you no. can blow that margin out with a side-by-side, you know, those buffers, those, uh, those, uh, slow speeds, the high speeds. I mean, those, those Hawks are, are you guys using hot, what do you use? What's the, uh,
1: we're using, ten, yeah, we're using tenant machines.
0: Oh, tenant, ten- tenant's good too. Tenant's really yep. good get but still they're like, they're, they're not cheap, right? I mean, they're, they're 1500 bucks. So. Right.
1: They are not cheap. And and I'll tell you, though, the part that I'm really enjoying so far is is the mentality of let's take a hard look at what we need. And we've actually started asking the people doing the work, right? When I was in the military, my first sergeant told me the best piece of advice. He's like, you want to know how to get something done? Ask the person who's going to do it. And from that day on, I've always, I'll go to my team first. Hey, what do you guys think you need? Yeah. And, and I'll smart. start from there. Smart. And yeah. If they say they don't need it, then I don't buy it. That's cool.
0: Yeah. No, that's <laughs> smart. I mean, most of my staff sandbags me if I ask them, mm. how much can you get done? They're way, they lowball it. Oh way. yeah. I was like, ah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no I don't know, if, I don't know if that's accurate. Mm-hmm. No, but
0: that's a really good piece of advice. I, I think that's really smart to try to figure out. I think that, in, so I work in healthcare mostly, and so I really appreciate this whole different aspect. In healthcare, the we get surveyed every year. Meaning the state comes in, the federal government comes in, and they do like this inspection. And it's not really focused on cleaning; it's really focused on nursing and quality measures and whether or not people are losing weight or gaining weight. You know that kind of thing. But that doesn't mean they don't notice the building, right? That doesn't mean they don't notice clean and dirty. They can totally see if something's not good. And when we first started, when they first started in, when I first started in 2002, 2003 working in in nursing homes, a surveyor would come in with no agenda. They would just come in and go, all right, we're going to do environmental rounds. And whatever they found, they would write up. Right. They changed that like 10 years later, like 2010, 2012, they changed it to where they called it a QIS system. And what was so interesting is so baffling or, or really great for me is it now depended on the resident's perception so now it's not hey does this this room doesn't look clean it would go to the resident and say is how often are you seeing your housekeeper and how, and they would say um once a day or twice a day or three, whatever however and the next question would be is that enough for you and see it's up to the resident now not up to the state and and i i i have really appreciate when I'm walking with somebody and I'm learning what they're doing. And I ask, you know, how often do you get into this office and all they get into my office once a day. And the next question is, is that enough for you? And they're like, you know what? That's, it's totally fine, but perfect. Once a day. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. To your point, ask the person who's getting the service. Sometimes they're like, you know what? They need to be in here twice a day, three times a day, four times a day. Well, then it can get ridiculous, but
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, there's, there's definitely that reality talk that you have to do with your clients and customers. And, but I, I think that's an interesting shift because I think that's now getting to the school districts. So, you know, we have our ROE, which is the board of education walks now in most States. Um, mm-hmm. I know Illinois is very heavy into it and yeah, once a year they're walking through and mostly they're looking for safety and mm-hmm. environmental and things like that. But they they're usually their first instance is walking with a custodian because they got all the keys to get in all the areas. Of
0: course, of course.
1: And an inspector can tell right away if it's going to be a good walk or a bad walk. I they can tell know. right
0: away too. It's all about floor care.
1: Yes, yeah, right.
0: One hundred percent. I think floor care is the most important in any structured business. If you have a business that has people coming to, you you have a brick and mortar business. I don't care if it's a school, a hospital or the, or Walmart or a mom yeah. and pop, your floor is everything.
1: Yeah. It's, yeah. Everything. It, it, it's, it's the shining star. It's and the I shining think, star. you know, uh, what, what do they call the new thing now? Uh, technology neck where you're always looking at your phone. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, I think that's what the, I don't know if that's the medical term. I've read it somewhere. <laughs> Technology <laughs> neck. I like it. But where more people are looking down now too. That's their first glimpse of what they see coming into a building.
0: A million percent. And, and, yep. and I I have always been floor first kind of looking. You know, I'm in housekeeping. So I floor care, floor care, floor care. It goes floor care, odor, yep. and then high dust. Yep. If if the floors don't look good and then the odor's bad, I mean, I'm never going to notice the high dust because you've already lost me. Correct. Right? Correct. Yes. And yes. if the floors look good and there's no odor, I totally forgive high dusting. I'm like, yeah, so what? It doesn't yeah. matter. You
1: know? They Even probably got I'm it stopping, last they'll month. I'll take yeah. the high
0: dust off the cereal boxes. I don't care.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you can definitely, I think, tell the quality of your team. If that floor is... is and I don't want to say shiny is the metric, but if that floor is maintained, that is your beacon that you know the team here cares.
0: I yeah, don't know if know it's trained manager.
1: or, or managers. Something tells you that team has it has it licked.
0: A million so. percent.
1: I think one of my
0: one of the biggest aha moments that I had in management actually came from Peter Drucker. Do you know who oh. Peter Drucker is? Peter oh, Drucker, yeah. like the grandfather of management development, yeah. he wrote the Bible on. He wrote a book called Management, right? Like he Just didn't management. even fancy it up. He wasn't right. even trying to sucker you into reading it. He's like, mm-hmm. this is this is management. Anyway, yeah. uh, he 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 talked about so eye-opening to me. He said the only people or person that can tell if your manager is doing a good job is your customer. You can't ask the employee. The employee has a skewed view. Your employee is a terrible judge of whether or not the manager is doing anything good. Terrible judge. The customer, the user of the service or the product, they can tell you quite easily whether or not the management, you have a good management team or you don't have a good management team. And I'm reminded of that every time I walk into a building and see a dirty floor. That's management. It's just management. It's just management. You, And yes, it's 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 a it's a tough thing to swallow because you know most managers are like, listen, I'm not doing the floor. I know you're not doing the floor,
1: right? I know. I, can I know you're that. not doing the floor. Yeah, you're
0: still judged by it.
1: Yeah, you know it was funny. You, you mentioned the customer piece. You know, I went to a school yesterday, first time I had been into this school for this new contract, and just walked into the main principal's office just to say hi, introduce myself, and I said, hey, how's everything going? And she's like, I don't know. If you're probably the first person that's ever asked me that and from the cleaning management. I'm like, really? Well, I'd say get used to it. Cause <laughs> I, I come around, you know, like, I don't know what to tell you. I'm sorry that that happened for you in the past, but it was a shocker to me. Like, why aren't people tending to the customer?
0: Uh, why? I don't know. I, I I don't, I don't know either. I think that I think from my own my own experience, I'm going to be honest with you. We're here. I, 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 I have been guilty of avoiding my customer, but it usually comes after every time I meet with my customer, I get, you know, it's like a, 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 not a fun meeting. And then I'm like, I'm just going to live my life. I'm going to try to get the floors done. I'm going to try to get the housekeepers moving <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, in, in nursing homes. I know it's like this in schools as well. But you guys don't always go through the front door, right? You guys are always going right. through the service entrance where the maintenance department is. Mm-hmm. In nursing homes, we generally are walking through the front door. And those administrators, oh, they're tricky. They put their office right at the entrance. Yeah. The door is always open. I try to sneak by, low crawl. Yeah. <laughs> Ralph. Oh,
1: darn yeah, it. yeah, right, <laughs> right. But I'll, I'll tell you what, you know, one of the things that I think is helping our industry, and, and I'm, I, I'm sure it's in your industry as well, and, and when, I know it's in the hotel industry. I have a few uh, connections there as well. I think the part that's really changing for us and making it so we can, manager-wise, can make that face-to-face meeting with the customers better, I'm using social media like crazy. I'm posting pictures of what my night crew, because people don't see my night crew they don't know what's going on. They think they just come in and the floors were swept and clean last night. They have no idea. And I think, you know, really bringing that human element back to the customer of what they see happens when they're not there. I, I know that's helped me curb those, some of those angrier clients uh, or the clients that want to catch me in the lie for some reason or showing them what their staff does. At night has been a huge benefit for me. I agree. And
0: as a matter of fact, I, that's what I really like about you is that you are com- you are so actively posting on LinkedIn. If it's a recommend, if there's any recommendation I can give to managers out there, it th- what a way to build leadership capital, by the way, right? By showing off your team, by showing. Yeah. I mean, there's a there's this lady that I would love to have on the show. She can't be on the show. Her name's Polly. I don't know if you follow her. her name's Polly. She posts, her staff, my, her staff do amazing work. I mean, she's always posting and she's not just posting like shiny floors. She's posting like housekeeping closets and like mm-hmm. in complete order. I'm like, what the heck? Yeah, right. I should show you my housekeeping closets. I mean, heck, look at my housekeeping corner here. I mean, it's a I map. see that. I see that. What do you got? You got a, a
1: dust mop, I see, a flat mop. I don't know.
0: I, I you know, I'm a trainer, so I'm constantly training, so. hmm
1: I, I will say high
0: dusters. You
1: know. Yeah, I will say that using the social media as a tool—it's uh, not mm-hmm. to just to show off your staff, although that's a benefit. Huge benefit uh, for for me. It's that connection with uh, teachers and principals, and yeah. I've had more times than not. Teachers <laughs> will will comment, "Oh my God, I didn't know they did that." Yeah, they do that every night. Thank you for noticing, and please tell them thank you for me. Uh, you know. Tell the client. Tell your principal. Uh, tell other teachers to join. I don't mind, uh, and I think people are afraid of that because they don't want people to see what they're doing. But I don't want to. I want them flip that. I want them to see everything we're doing. And yeah, transparency is our our best currency right now during agreed. all this time.
0: Agreed. Uh, yeah, that's agreed. I completely agree. You know what's? You know what? I wonder just from an operation point of view. Are you guys like? I know you guys are just wrapping up the school year now, right? You're just a, mm-hmm. you a couple weeks out from school being over. Uh, this week, yeah. Do you do? It depends, I guess. Are your ta- are your chairs in are attached to the desk? Is it one piece?
1: Uh, that's a mixed bag. I'd say we Notice? probably yeah, depending on the school districts. Uh, I'd say that's fifty fifty.
0: Yeah, I was just in a. I was just doing rounding. And we have a nursing home that has an adult daycare attached to it. And so the adult daycare has a bunch of six foot tables, you know, and, and, and chairs up all on it. And I said, I said, you know, we're trying to figure out how to clean it, what time to get in there, because it's, you know, they're, they're, there late, but they don't come in till 8am. So maybe we can get in there a little early to yeah. sweep them up their floors. And so I said to the people who, the ladies who are running the adult daycare, I said, you know, if, I don't know if you remember, like when I was a kid, at the end of the day, we used to have to take our chair and put it on the desk.
1: Mm-hmm. And,
0: you know, everybody ended the day that way. It's almost, I didn't even know why when I was a kid, I had no idea why we did <laughs> yeah. it, but it was obviously to save time for the, for the housekeeper and for the cleaning mm-hmm. person to come through. And, you know, she looked at me like I had two heads. She's like, you expect us to put the chair on the table. I was like, I don't expect I'm asking. Right.
1: <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> And you know, and that is that is funny. It depends on the school district. It seems like some are more active, involved in 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 what they're doing. And that's again, I try to go right back to that social media. Show your show the schools what you're doing at night. If you have to move thirty chairs, sweep under a desk, move them back, and then possibly lost an hour. Right, you know, and then times that by an elementary school's got thirty rooms. Mm -hmm. Do the math. Before Mm -hmm. you know it. Uh, It takes 20 to 25 minutes to do a classroom. Absolutely. Help us out and we can do more somewhere else for you. Mm -hmm. Um, But in the, in the mix, what I'm trying to get to is one thing that I'm truly trying to share with my team, make a noticeable difference. So do something in the classroom that shows people you're done or you've been there, you know, and and like you said, putting chairs on desks, right? So
0: interested in how you do this. Tell me how you do this.
1: Well, so that's the piece, right? So we come in. I usually try to tell my team not to, to, the teachers, not to touch the chairs. We'll do that. We come in. We'll clean the desks. We flip the chairs over. We clean the chair, flip it over on top of the desk. That way the next morning the teachers know we were there. Because they have to put the chairs down. Because they have to do something to put it down. Mm-hmm. And if they don't see chairs flipped over, yes, there could be a chance that we might have missed a room. And, yes, I will answer to that. Mm-hmm. But somehow make it noticeable, especially during COVID, where people were so nervous about things not being done. We had to figure out ways to make it aware, people aware that we were there, Uh, and that was one way that helped me. You know, you know. I was just saying that there's a grocery store
0: in New York. Where are you? Where where are you? Are you in Pennsylvania? Where are you? No, no, you're in Illinois.
1: You're in Illinois. Rockford, Illinois.
0: Yeah, yeah. Here. I don't know if you have them there, but here in New York, there's a pretty popular uh, grocery store called Wegmans.
1: Yes, I know. Right. Right. So have you heard of Wegmans? I've heard. It's supposed to be okay. like the best customer service so store. They're rated number
0: one for like eight yeah. years in a row by their employees. as the best place yes. to work. Like the, My wife worked at Wegmans when she was in high school, and they gave her a scholarship to college. Like that's, Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And she was the cheese girl. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: It wasn't like she had a
0: high price job, you know, I mean, she was a, a high school student as a cheese girl and she got a, a scholarship for college from them. So they're really, really great. I was there recently and I noticed a kid, there, there's a, a kid walk up to the bathroom, go into the bathroom. When he came out, there's like this quarter sized silver medallion attached to the door Right outside the door of the bathroom. And he takes this wand out of his pocket and he touches it to the the the, the little medallion. He starts walking away. I'm like, no, 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 get back here. What <laughs> what is this? And he says that they're big on competition, number one, and they are big on making sure that they are rounding and, and checking everything. And so what management has come up with is this system where every these battalions are everywhere they're on they're in the back room they're in the public bathrooms they're in the front entrance they're on this side they're on that side they're they're everywhere in the bakery mm-hmm. in the flower department they were everywhere and these custodians go around and they check these areas and every time they check and make sure it's okay they wand it and the wanding is a electronic signal so that they're mapping where their their cleaners are going how often they're going there, and then they're using it as competition. One it's one, it's one shift versus the other shift versus sure. the other shift, and see how often they can get in there. And okay. <clears throat> I think it's such a smart, great idea. It's an internal checking, not an external. Mm-hmm. But imagine having that. <clears throat> I love I you know, you know what else we could you know how else we could do it. I was working on wheelchair cleaning. Wheelchair cleaning in nursing homes is a bear. Like, it's a big... Because imagine all the moving pieces and parts. You have to get residents out of the chairs. You have to get the chairs out of the resident rooms. You have to collect them somewhere. Mm -hmm. Then you have to clean them. Cleaning a wheelchair, by the way, is a pain. It is not easy. We use... This is my go-to with a bucket, right? Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Who else has cleaning equipment right now? I get to poof, poof. Right, right. But cleaning wheelchairs, it's just a big challenge. And as I was sitting back and I was working with a company, working with a nursing home, trying to figure out how to clean their wheelchairs, what's the best way to develop a strategy and a schedule and all that, Mm -hmm. I was thinking about how do you track it? How do you make sure that they're being cleaned and who? Can, how can you track it? So the first thing in wheelchair cleaning or equipment cleaning of any kind, the first thing you have to do is label it. Oh. So if you have a hundred wheelchairs, you going want to label them one to 100 or a hundred or ABCD or A1 or A2, A3, whatever. You have yeah. to have a labeling system. And so as I'm thinking about the labeling system, I thought about barcodes. Wait a minute. Sure. What if you put a barcode on every wheelchair? Then, mm-hmm. just with a regular phone with a scanner, you could scan the wheelchair. So, you clean the wheelchair, you can scan it. Matter of fact, not only can you scan it, but then you could go cleaned, not cleaned. Um, right. One of the wheels are loose. There's a rip in the, right? You can, all of a sudden, now you can pre. PM yes. it right. You can you can start making notes about each wheelchair. What a great idea! And so then yes. I'm thinking about that, and I'm like, wait a minute. I could do that to resident rooms. Why yes. can't I put a barcode outside the door? It doesn't have to be conspicuous. It doesn't. I mean, it doesn't have to be open. Oh, people say it, it could be very private. It could be in the door jam. Yes. You know, like when I go to get my car serviced, they open my door and they zap it. There's a little. There's a little mm-hmm. um, barcode in my door. I never see it. Yeah, and all of a sudden you can be, toot, 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 and you can just be tracking. The, I, what a great way of making sure that you're getting every. And, 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 you know, and then I'm like, you know what? I don't even. It's not just resident rooms. What if I labeled all the beds? What if I labeled all the bedside tables? What if I labeled all the nightstands? What if I labeled all the dresses? <laughs> now I'm getting Yeah, insane, right. right. My yeah. house going to be like cheek, cheek, cheek.
1: <laughs> well, and I tell you what, you know, IntelliClean, uh, IntelliClean has a system similar to that where they've designed it for the cleaning industry where you put barcodes on things and QR codes. Uh, I'm a Super huge fan smart. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of customer feedback. I love it when I go into a couple public areas and they have a barcode right out of the bathroom where you can scan it and then you you just hit uh, a red or green, like it was good or it wasn't good. I love that. I love that
0: too. I really do appreciate that. I love signs in bathrooms that say, our intention is that this bathroom is amazing. And if it isn't, if it's anything short of amazing, just let us know. I love that. You know what? I see that sign and I see the bathroom's a mess. You know what I do? I give them a pass. I don't go complain. Sure. I'm like, they just obviously haven't seen it yet.
1: Right. Right. You know, we uh, at at GSF, our our general manager, he makes us all read the book Raving Fan. Raving Fan. Let me write that down. Is it good? Oh, it's amazing. You're a big reader. You're a big reader. I give it a shot. What are you reading? Like a book a week at this point? A book every two weeks. I can't quite seem to get a book a week. Uh, I'm working on it. Um, But uh, Raving Fan.
0: For your next book, you got to read this one. The good man, the author. It's on my list. Of this book is amazing.
1: I I think I'm looking for a signed copy. (laughs) I I, I I might be able to help. I know (laughs) the guy. I might be able to help. Um,
0: Raving Fan. So tell me about Raving Fan.
1: So great book. It can be read in a a couple days. It's really, it's an easy read, but the concepts are very basic and it's all about how to create a customer that is a raving fan and how to get them from, I hate this person to a raving fan. And it works on both sides, how the managers can, uh, you know, work with the client, how the you give the client opportunities to work with yourself. Mm -hmm. So our biggest thing at GSF is how do we make everybody a raving fan? and we look for those individual pieces you know if we have a client that likes uh, the sign out of the bathroom let's talk about it it doesn't have to be one ways or nothing mm-hmm. let's talk what what is your need that you need from a cleaning company and that changes i'm sure you've seen it from east coast to west coast some schools don't need this some schools need verification every two minutes some schools need barcodes. Some schools just need a, a good word, a trust of, mm-hmm. hey, I got it. Mm-hmm. How do you create that raving fan? And just like you said with the bathrooms, you're willing to give that person a pass because you know they have a system in place. They might have missed it. That happens. But if you didn't see a sign in the bathroom looked like crap, let's be real. You would be like, oh, my God, this is horrible. No,
0: I would be. They don't have a system in place, obviously. Right. Cause right. I'm I'm completely forgiven a system. I'm not forgiven mm-hmm. a no system.
1: If Absolutely. you don't even have an approach, I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> right, you're shooting in the dark. You're, just, you're shooting in the yeah. dark. Yeah, you know, as systems can solve so many things. And
0: I understand that, it, it, like, it, trying to get credit for cleaning a room when somebody doesn't see you clean the room is a challenge. It's a challenge in healthcare. It's a challenge in hospitals, nursing homes, hotels. It's a challenge everywhere. And forever, especially in schools and in hotels, it's always been, if it's not dirty, then it must have been cleaned. Yeah. If it's not dirty, I mean, one subtraction, it must have been cleaned. But with COVID and you can't see it, smell it, taste it. Now, all of a sudden, people need assurance. It's not enough to say it looks clean. I mean, I need assurance it is clean. In hotels... They've started to put. It drives me crazy. I hate it. But they've started to put tape on the door that goes from the door to the door jamb, mm-hmm. and it's like this room is sealed because it's been clean. And if there's tape sealing the door, then the door, then the room has been clean. Yeah. The reason I hate it, of course, is because it, 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 all you're doing is making the the door look terrible, and it's going. It doesn't take very many labels to be pulled off, put on, pulled off, put on before the whole. You look down the hallway and it just looks terrible, beat up because right. tape does that to walls and doors and stuff. But I understand the sentiment. So, yeah. are you finding that same? Like, how are you handling? How are your teachers? Are they? Are, are they asking? Are they like, how do we know?
1: Yes, yes, and yes. I, I'll, I'll, I think you asked like three questions there. I know. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, I'm yes, interested. yes.
1: I'm interested. Yes. Um, so notification is, is, has been critical over the past year and without a system in place. So first part is that education piece. I believe a custodial manager uh, or custodial director or some sort of leader in the custodial field, whether that's nursing homes, schools, I think it's your responsibility to get in front of your clients. It, not necessarily maybe a nursing home is not in front of the patient's but in front of the clients enough to know, to show them that you have systems in place to catch this, this, and this. Next, I think you need to leave a receipt. And that receipt can be a number of different things. I'm not talking like a literal work card on the, on the desk, although that can happen. Um, I was with a school district that we had a very strict process. If we went in and special cleaned, a disinfected a room, we would leave a receipt on the head custodian's desk and on the principal's desk. And then we would follow that up with an email. So when this the teacher is
0: kind of like, is it like a checklist
1: of done, 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 Correct. done, Correct. It was cleaned mm-hmm. by this person mm-hmm. at this school. And then the mm-hmm. principal would get an email. The head custodian would get the list and the nurse would also get an email. So the next day, if that teacher came to her room and wanted to know, she could go to three different people and say, did this get done? And somebody would know. Uh, and that, that, Creating that process helped calm, I want to say, calm the teachers down. I don't want to say calm because I don't want to sound demeaning, but it it calmed their nerves and reassured them that, oh, wow, there is a process and we did it. Uh, So receipts can come in different forms. And I'm a big believer in receipts. Yeah, uh, no, I like that. Yeah. And I'm really trying to enlist my staff to, to incorporate receipts. And what does that mean? It can be anything. Um, Part of that, you know, noticeable work is that receipt. So whenever I'm in a room and, you know, maybe it's not a room that we put chairs on the desks, you know, maybe the teacher doesn't like that. I try to tell them, make sure when you take the garbage out, tie the knot so they can see the knot. That way it's an eye catcher. So they know something, something happened. Push in the chair in the desk. Some teachers leave their chairs all over the place And custodians are so afraid to, oh, I don't want to touch the teacher's stuff. Sure. You don't want
0: to touch desks and move stuff and be accused of stealing. Good Lord.
1: Exactly. And I say, I don't want you to touch their desk. That's correct. But push their chair in. Make it so it's very noticeable that you were there. And over time, that receipt, that piece will get into their minds too. And like, no, no, Jimmy always comes in because he always pushes my chair in. Yeah. So
0: let me, let me play devil's advocate. Now, let me go on the other side. Absolutely. Let me tell you with peace and love what happens to us in nursing homes. And and, and we don't want this to happen. We don't, but we don't get to every room every day. There are rooms. We we have the best intention. We have the best system. We have the best staff, but if the elevator goes down, the water boiler goes down. We have an unexpected number of room changes or admissions or district. I mean, all kinds of things can happen, and all of a sudden we miss five resident rooms. I imagine there are times a room may be missed. What is the what is the protocol? Is there communication with your customer that this room wasn't done? Is that when I first implemented, let me just say this. When I first implemented, I did the same, I do the same thing. I have a checkoff sheet for my housekeepers. And when I first implemented that system, first of all, the housekeepers hated it, right? They were like, why am I signing? I have to check and Now I'm doing paperwork, you know, eh, whatever.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But when I first implemented it, my housekeeper signed off that they did every single thing every day. And I felt like victorious. I was like, I knew it. My housekeepers are the best. They're the most amazing. Of course they get into every room. And then I had an administrator call me to room 117. Uh, Can you come to room 117? I'm like, sure. I go there and the residents there, the family members there, the administrators there, Uh. they go, when was the last time your housekeeper cleaned this room? And I'm like, my housekeeper gets in this room every single day. I have the paper to prove it. And then they started pulling things out. And by the way, they didn't have to pull things out far. I mean, under the bed, debris all over the place, dust. You know, they're no longer dust bunnies. They're now dust lions. You know, you could hear Mm -hmm. them roar from the other room. Like, and I go to my housekeeper and I'm like, why have you been saying, why have you been checking off And and not doing it. And she's like, well, because I couldn't get into it. But, you know, I knew I'd get in trouble if I told you I wasn't doing it. You see what happens? And so I had to really reevaluate my expectations. And so I no longer expect my housekeepers are going to get into every room. And I'm certainly not mad if they do or if they are not able to. Instead, I go, tell me what you didn't get done so that we can start there tomorrow. Correct. Good thing about my business is we're going to be there first thing tomorrow morning. Before you're not you're st- you're, your stat your your customer is going to go in for the day before you come back.
1: Correct. So yes. Not that whatever happens a, to you,
0: but if it does,
1: it doesn't. Happen. Marcus,
0: I'm not putting you on happen. the spot. If it doesn't
1: happen, it, happen it, doesn't ha- it doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> it doesn't happen. Of course not. But
0: if it were to, what would be the backup plan?
1: So, all right, I like this. All right, so here here's the backup plan. So there's. Oh, go ahead. One thing that that I've learned slowly, and and I will have to admit, I'm still learning uh, as a leader and as a manager, right? The whole Um, point
0: of this show is because I'm trying to learn.
1: (laughs) Right. Uh, And and our general manager really drove it home for me not too long ago. I used to be the very much, hey, we got to do building inspections. We got to get those ratings up. I got to be making sure you fill out those check sheets all those pieces, right? I got to make sure I'm a manager. I'm, I'm managing this. Um, and really what we were doing was really managing a learned science. A person can learn to fill out that form and nothing happens because you're fine if it's filled out. You're not double checking. So it's a learned response. So what we wanted to try to do is um, instead of doing inspections, and we have to do some for the clients that expect it. What we would rather do is spend that time on the front half, really get to know our staff and let them know that, hey, if you don't get it, trust us when I say, I expect you to make some mistakes in life, 100%. I am not perfect, far from that. I expect my workers to always make a mistake somewhere. I would rather have that trust built up in the front half where they can call me and say, hey, I didn't get to that room. Now, what happens in our school if something like that were to happen? If right? it were
0: to ever happen,
1: right? Um, there's there's two ways to work this. So sometimes the school districts have their own staff during the day, and we're just the night outsourced oh, cleaners.
0: Good. Yeah, that's pretty typical, I imagine, because there's a janitorial presence. Correct.
1: Yeah. Correct. Somebody has to unclog the toilet. Exactly. So in those kind of situations. Um, I believe building that that relationship right up front to be able to where I could call somebody at 6 a.m. and say, hey, Juanita didn't get these two rooms done. Can you go get them? And I will comp you somehow, or we will we will make sure we get the your 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 janitor's room cleaned up. I don't know. Yeah. We'll work that out. The other good side is in this situation of Rockford, we're doing all of it, the day and the night. So there's a lot more communication between my leaders. Oh, so that's if a nighttime, Yeah. So if a nighttime leader at 12 o'clock and Juanita calls and said, oh, my God, they had an event here and it was supposed to be 30 people, but it turned out to be a thousand. And I was 30, only able 40. to get the garbage. Yeah. Right. Okay. Thank you. He's going to instantly call his the, his partner, his co- co-partner during the day and say, hey, just so you know, you might want to get there first thing. Take a look around. If you need help, call us. So, we want to really try to build that setup on that that process on the first half. Do you have a Do you
0: have like a communication board from the night staff to the day staff? Oh, that's good. We too. do. So we that's have
1: a, a. In Rockford, we're planning to put a, a whiteboard in every janitor's closet mm-hmm. for that piece that mm-hmm. the head janitor's closet. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done that in the other school district that I was at as well, mm-hmm. and yes, that's and then. Nine if times I'm working out of days
0: day. and you're calling me at midnight, we're gonna have a problem. Correct. Right. But if you put it on the whiteboard for me to see it in the morning, I'm
1: good. <laughs> yep. Yep. And then we take it usually one step further. We try to get our staff on email and show them how to schedule an email to go out in the morning. Mm. You know, and Google has the, the scheduled emails function. Mm-hmm. So we're yep. really trying to get ahead of these situations before the staff sees them when they come in. So yeah, that's that's, that's if too. that happens, that's what we try to do. Mm-hmm. Meaning that we've already started having these talks because it doesn't happen.
0: Yeah, no, I I appreciate that. I have I have such a different take. And again, working mm-hmm. I work with adults, and where you're working with kids, right? I mean, you're working with adults too, but you're you're talking about one teacher per classroom mm-hmm. and a bunch of kids, right? So yeah. what what I would suggest. What or what I do in, in long term care, try to do because I, I you know try is really the operative word. I suggest nobody ever listens to me, but if I <laughs> what I suggest um, is different than what I, I know that you would suggest, but I make cleaning material that is rags and spray bottles available to nursing.
1: Oh sure, <laughs> like you know, like <laughs> sure.
0: I make it available to office staff because if I'm short staffed, I mean one of the first things I don't do is offices. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, take out your own trash. <laughs> today is trash day. Yay!
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Um you know, actually one step further with that. Yes. Yeah, so that's that's exactly you got to learn you got to teach your staff where they can cut a corner if they have to and then how to communicate that backwards to the right people. Yeah. 100%. We're taking it at GSF we're we're adding a step to what you just said cuz I love it. Um We've switched to Pathosands, so it's the electric uh, activated uh, cleaning solutions, yep. ECast. cast um, So we switched to Pathosands, and we're planning on uh, working with the teaching staff and the office staff to take some of that home, learn how the chemicals we use, and if you need some for your classroom, come get us. We'll, we'll fill it up. Here, we'll give you a bottle. Yeah. Leave it out by your door. Our custodian will pick it up, refill it for you. Yeah, we will try to make it as seamless as possible for you to have actionable materials. Yeah, we we
0: try to designate like a like a um, you know a cabinet hmm. maybe in the facility oh, utility yeah, room, right. clean utility room, and then we put a par level in there. So we never ask them. We set uh. up the par level. five rags and a full bottle. And we get in there at night and there's three rags. We put two gotcha. the bottles. I like it. You know what I mean? So then like we, that. we just filled the par. So you establish yeah. the par. You put up the sign. So that it's clear. This is what right. you need to do. This is how to use it. This is the personal protective equipment you need to be using or should be using, you know.
1: Right. I like it. Put I in like your, that.
0: you know, your SDS sheets so they make mm-hmm. sure that you're OSHA compliant and right. I like that. Yeah, that's that's how that's how I manage it. Of course, it, it, we always get pushback. You know, nurses yeah. are never are never um, to do housekeeping,
1: mm.
0: and not all nurses. I, I mean, not all nurses are like that, but there are quite a few that I've worked with that they really dead set against it. And listen, I I don't. It's not like I'm asking you to do something because we're lazy SOBs who just trying right. to get over on nursing. That's not it. We're supposed to have 15 staff members and we have seven. Okay. So w- there's a limited amount of things that we can do. And right. it's okay for some people to say, well, that's not my problem. That's that's good for you. Not helpful.
1: Right? Not trying- helpful. <laughs> not right. Not helpful. <laughs> yes. That doesn't get the job done. Yes.
0: Happen.
1: and And yeah. with COVID,
0: you know, I mean, I wonder... Like you guys deal with a lot of stuff. That's that's. For, I mean, school systems over the years have been getting. I mean, man, MRSA in schools and school locker rooms and you know football equipment and all that. That's been a real, real big problem, a real big challenge for housekeeping custodial staff in in schools for a long time now. And it was it was really like making a lot of big news five, four five years ago. If you remember, I do. It was all over the news, and for us in healthcare, we deal with MRSA all the time. We deal with MRSA, VRE, C diff, HIV, hepatitis. Yeah. You know, we're we're kind of in that world. But even we, and, and we even we stopped and went, gosh, how would we handle the MRSA outbreak in a school system in lockers with gym equipment and helmets? And like, hmm. It's so thank God for nowadays with the Clorox 360 machines, you know, and the foggers, because that would, that would really help. Maybe you guys use something like that.
1: So, yes, uh, that was a big thing four or five mm-hmm. years ago. Um, interesting story. And, and I, I can't take the whole credit. Um, so I started working at Elgin U46 um, as a night custodial manager, slowly made it up to days. Uh, great team, um, by the way. And, Uh, we ended up creating a system because we were noticing the same things. We were noticing that some schools didn't report that they had lice because they wanted to try to handle it Mm in-house. We noticed that, you know, there might be a flu outbreak, but no one's saying anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, Once some key people got involved, and I'd love to say I'm part of that key spot, but it was definitely a team environment. We realized that we needed to really start focusing in on what the county was doing, um, county hospitals and the local hospitals, and partner with them. So, what we ended up doing was creating a system that elevated as the risk elevated. So, normal day, we would clean the room normally with a neutral cleaner, you know, what, clean the floors, take out garbage, all that, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, all of a sudden, a teacher sends a student to the nurse's room. Hey, I think he has. Sifagana herpes, right? <laughs> you know. sure. That's like
0: quite a combination. You have to, you
1: have to try hard to get all of those, right? But you know, or anything, you know, hand, foot, and mouth disease, uh, sure. scabies, lice, all those. Yeah, we needed to know that, so we put the, our health department at the school district put it in a place. Nurses have to report everything, and again, it's not to get them in trouble. Like we yeah. want to help them. Yeah, right. We want to help the community. Once we started tracking the data, the first year we realized we had, I think it was like 200 incidents of flu outbreaks, lice, um, nits, all those nasty things. The next year, but what that data told us is where we needed to create our system. And I'm a believer in system, right? Scott Adams, uh, one of my favorite books, How to Fail at Almost Everything and Still Win Big. I love Scott Adams. Yes. And what in that book, he says, uh, goals are stupid, work with systems,
0: right? I have, I have a stupid Scott Adams story. So I'm a writer, written four books. I write a column every week. I consider myself a writer. I like telling stories. And I was writing my first book and I knew nothing about writing a book. I didn't know how long chapters should be. I didn't you know <laughs> yeah. how to begin, how to end. I mean, it's a real big thing. And while I'm working on this monstrosity of a book, that eventually became my first book called "Managing When No One Wants to Work." When I, while, while I'm working on that, I'm reading Scott Adams' book, and he has like chapter thirteen, or maybe it's chapter sixteen. It's one page, and I was like, "You can do that!" Broke the, <laughs> broke the rules, right? Like it just he blew my open. mind. Yeah. He's like, "That's all I need for this chapter. Next chapter." I was like, "You can yeah. do that, Scott right?" <laughs>
1: So, you know, I take his advice very seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Goals, creating the goal that I want to create a school that is just 100% clean is stupid. I yeah. want a system that builds on that instead. So what we ended up doing is, as these nurses report it, if it's a case in one classroom, we do a special clean. It, the, nurse, the health department calls the custodial. Hey, in this school, we have a hand, foot, and mouth concern. We would go in there and do a top-down disinfection that's it next day kid comes back well he wasn't supposed to he was supposed to stay home for like whatever the quarantine period is but okay we'll go in and clean again now if all of a sudden because of that it spreads to two classrooms and we know it did because now the next teacher is reporting a student it's escalated now we're actually going to go in there and disinfect those two rooms and the two rooms next to it and the drinking fountain in the nearest bathrooms mm-hmm. for three days straight to try to get ahead of anybody else. Again, if it escalates again, mm-hmm. we had a plan in place. Yeah, this is like what we it. were going to do. This is what we were going to do before you know it within two years of slowly t- working with the nursing staff, the teachers, the principals, we ended up having a three-year stretch just before COVID where we didn't have to close a single school due to an infectious disease. Nice. That's 60 buildings now. That's impressive. It was awesome. Yeah. Uh,
0: you know, in, in healthcare, in long-term care, we have what they call precaution rooms. And a precaution room is an isolation room if the resident has – C-diff, V-R-E, MRSA, something like that. Something transfer. Even the flu would be er, precaution. You put mm-hmm. you put a sign up, you'd put PPE out in front so you'd know that you have to put gloves and gowns on and whatever right. to go into the room. Like make it a precaution room. And then the cleaning standards are different. You can't take stuff out of the room without it being double bagged, mm-hmm. all this stuff. Well, there was a large movement for many, many years that kind of got stopped in 2020. But there was a large movement for many years that there was a big movement to stop having precaution rooms. Just stop. No more isolation rooms. Instead, every room should be cleaned to that level. So if you just had universal precautions, universal standards across your whole nursing home, you wouldn't have to have. And the reason that, I mean, there's a couple of reasons. One, HIPAA violation. You see the big yellow sign or the big red stop sign. That person has a disease, you know, and there's family members of the community coming into these homes. And so that's a HIPAA violation. Number two, it's restrictive. You know, number three, it's it's um, it's it's, it isolates people. And so they feel isolated by others because others are I don't want to be sick. And so they skirmish around them and all that.
1: Yeah.
0: And that can last for days, even past when they were sick or had the cold or a flu or a gi outbreak i mean we do percussions over a gi outbreak which is really? really you know and again we work in nursing homes where there where our population has you know very low immune systems and are susceptible to, to oh, stuff right. like that so but there's there was this big movement and who knows if it'll pick back up coronavirus right. but like you know what everybody's not leaving their room at all
1: you're <laughs> not gonna be individual yeah yeah
0: You know, one one thing, one thing you said, and I know we got to get out of here and I, and I don't want to, it's been so fun talking with you. One thing that you said is that, uh, this reminded me, you said that you started nights and you worked your way to days, right? And isn't that the way that you want to, nights are for the new people, the inexperienced Mm -hmm. people. And if you're really good, you work really hard, you get to days, Right. Well, I have a friend who owns a cleaning company in Hawaii, and oh. he says that it's the same thing in Hawaii, except it's not an, a day to night. It's a middle to out. And so brand new housekeepers, inexperienced housekeepers, their, their first jobs, they start in the middle of the island because the people in the middle of the island who t- use in hotels are islanders, people traveling from work, from one place or another, families, that kind of thing. Not... Traditionally, not tourist okay. And so, as you get experience and as you get better and you become a better and better housekeeper, you move further and further out until you're the best housekeeper. And those are the ones that are cleaning the hotels on the ocean. Oh, yeah. That is interesting. Yeah. So, you that is so, interesting. So, in Hawaii, your goal is to get to the
1: ocean. And in, in <laughs> Chicago, <laughs> that, your goal is to get the days. Days, right. That is interesting. And damn his bad luck too for being in Hawaii, you
0: know, right? <laughs> he's, he's living the dream. He doesn't. Yeah, work.
1: right. He was
0: born and raised there, so he's you know uh,
1: he's an islander. Okay. okay, he's an
0: islander. He's a really good guy, and and he's got quite a little housekeeping business there. And um, I started working with a couple of nursing homes in Hawaii, which is really fun. So nice. Yeah, I, you know this cleaning industry is it's the greatest industry in the whole world. I just love it.
1: Well, you know, and I I would agree with you 100%. And I think, you know, we're starting at GSF to start working with community colleges, uh, part of our recruiting, because we want them to see that it's not just the broom and uh, mop industry that it was 10 years ago, 20 or 30. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have so much science now. Science has finally caught up with us. Yeah. And given us some tools to really grab onto and teach people and show them that, yeah, well, you need to know a little bit of electrical so you can fix your vacuum. You need, uh, you know, you need to know a little bit of chemistry because you're
0: dealing with chemicals. I got to tell you, I cannot tell you how many thousands of dollars that are spent every day because somebody doesn't know how to change a cord. It drives me crazy. It's two screws, ladies and gentlemen.
1: (laughs) Right. Right. Or put the new end on, right? Or put that new end on, right? So it's, uh, yeah.
0: Nine out of 10 times a a vacuum doesn't work. A side to side doesn't work. Above it, it's the cord. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the cord. Fix the cord. Don't send it out. Of course, all those small mom and pop Equipment cleaner, uh, equipment cleaning, um, cleaning equipment fixers are like, Shut up, Ralph.
1: Yeah, yeah, right, right. We charge double for that. I what know, I about? know, it's so, funny. Yeah. It's so funny. Yeah, anyway,
0: this has been so fantastic. Mark. Yes, I'm so happy that I was able to have you on the show and I learned so much from you. I gotta <laughs> say that I, I feel like I'm in such a great place because I'm always the student and I'm always having these great professors on who just. You have so fun, so much knowledge and it's so fun to learn about different industries. So thank you so much for coming on.
1: Thank you. I learned just as much on this side too. Uh, yeah, so, it was a lot was of fun.
0: A lot of fun. But those of you that are in the cleaning industry, if you are a housekeeper and you want to know what it's like, how do you get to the next level? How do you become a manager? Or if you're a housekeeping manager and you're trying to figure mm-hmm. out how to become a better manager... I can help. We can help here. We do management training. We have a brand new program where it's called the housekeeping leadership Academy. And it is fantastic. It is every Thursday. We do a group coaching call from two to 3 PM. You don't want to miss it. In addition to that, you get an access to all my videos on leadership, on training, on management. Hmm. I go through the five rules of management. I talk about leadership systems. I draw a lot in the videos. It's wonderful. I mean, come on. It's wonderful.
1: <laughs> are you going to say, and that's not all, right? And it wasn't that's all that, not all. All right. The infomercial guy. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, you know, I, I'm, I have to toot my own horn here. I'm trying that's to, I'm too. trying to operate a business, Marcus.
1: Absolutely. So,
0: <laughs> so the Leadership Academy, Housekeeping Leadership Academy, if you are in housekeeping, in the cleaning industry, and you are trying to get better at managing or you want to become a manager Send me an email at info at Ralph Peterson, and I will show you how to do it. It'd be really great. Love to have you. Love to see you on the call every Thursday. I'm going to get Marcus to sign up right after we hang up here. He doesn't know it yet, but I'm going to sucker him into it. And right. <laughs> I've got a deal for you, my friend. And <laughs> that's <laughs> not all. And that's it. Housekeepers podcast. Marcus, thank you again. We thank are you. vlogging off here. Have a great day, everyone.